Paul Campbell, care of Jeffrey Rosenbach, the Ruby on Rails podcast. on Rails podcast is brought to you this week by GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy's low-cost hosting is monitored 24-7 by real people in its world-class hosting centers. Best of all, GoDaddy's deluxe and premium shared hosting plans offer full support for Ruby on Rails. Plus, as a listener of the Ruby on Rails podcast, enter the code RAILS, that's R-A-I-L-S, and save an additional 20% on one, two, or three-year shared hosting plans. Some restrictions apply. See the site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. So, Jeffrey Grossmacher will be on Rails podcast in Dublin, Ireland with Contrast, a bunch of Irish kids with big dreams, Paul Campbell and Owen McCabe. And uh, why don't you start out, Owen, what are you building? Okay, well, we've got a little product called Exceptional. Um, It's our first app. Uh, we're really excited about it. We've been working on it for about two months. Our third uh, guy is David Rice, and that was his idea to work on Exceptional. So Exceptional is an error tracking and management app for Rails folks. And basically what it does is you drop a little plugin into your application. That plugin talks to our server. It collects all it needs to, including backtrace code about where that actual exception happened a lot of the session variables. In the future, it'll collect things like user feedback. So on the error screen, it can ask the user, what happened? What were you doing when something went wrong? And they'll collate all of this information, group similar errors, notify you in a very mature way. You won't get 10,000 SMSs if it happens 10,000 times, which a lot of these uh, exceptions often will, say routing errors, for example. And you're notified as it happens, but you're also notified about your team's actions on these exceptions. So, for example, Paul has this installed on a very popular e-commerce site in Ireland that would get many thousands of hits a day. When an exception happens, it happens big. You want to know that it's not costing the company tens of thousands of euros. I want to know that someone's dealing with it. When I'm notified of the problem, I'm going to be notified about Paul's comments saying, guys, I'm on it. And it reassures me. So it helps me know when exceptions are happening and what to do about them. So I've been using Jameis Buck's exception notifier for a long time, but this goes over and above that. It can catch it. People can actually give some context. You can actually uh, track that on the website, more of a full-featured type of thing. Is this, was this, uh, how, how did you come up with the idea of doing this? Well, I mean, this is basically exception notifier on steroids. Um, I think uh, <clears throat> there have been a few attempts to do web-based 
stuff w- internally within apps where you can hit a hit an, uh, a page within your app and um, get access to all your exceptions. But this basically is a central resource for storing your exceptions and being notified for all your apps. So if you've got a, if you're a design house and you've got a few clients, you just need to install one account on Exceptional, and you can install your apps. You install a plugin in each of these, and then you can choose which notifications to be getting. You can choose to be notice, notified by SMS, by email. You can see your notifications come in on Campfire if you're using Campfire for group chat. You can send your notifications to Lighthouse. Um, and respond to them as tickets. So it really it takes what Exception Notifier does simply, which is just send an email to notify you when there's exceptions, and it gives you an extra set of features and things to put on top of that to help you organize them. It also throttles the notifications, so if you have a really bad day and you, your whole site goes down, it's going to gently tell you how many times this thing has happened, and it will t- it'll give you numbers. It'll say it occurred once. Five minutes later, it'll tell you it occurred 100 times. 10 minutes later it'll say it occurred 500 times so you get you get a much greater sense of the urgency without being over like, totally swamped with notifications now is this are you going to charge for this or is this just going to be promotional for your other kinds of consulting services um, exceptional is a subscription based service so the plugin itself is open source and it needs to be um, so that people are happy to actually use it in their applications we want people to check out the code and be happy that it's safe um, but the service that we provide, which runs on our servers and actually gathers all of this information and provides all the tools, that's a subscription-based service. Very similar to GitHub and Lighthouse, New Relics or PM. These services you'll pay per month. The actual pricing structure is something we've yet to decide on, but we're running the beta this week. It starts this Friday on a very small scale. And based on people's usage uh, and what way they like to use it, we'll um, make some price plans. So, there going to be any uh, price break for those of us in the U.S. whose money is basically worth nothing now? Well, we're going to have to charge in dollars anyway, so it's us that gets kicked in the balls, basically. Sorry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, you know, guys like um, GitHub and Lighthouse, I believe they've got their price plans right. You know, starting at the whatever that roughly kind of nine dollars area that's where someone i think on a small scale can feel they're happy to pay for for it i know for all of the subscription-based services i pay for right now and i pay for a lot um, backpack high rise base camp campfire github lighthouse a lot of these services when i first started using them i paid at that nine dollar range when i wasn't earning so much and when we were happy to actually grow and use it more we scaled it up so i believe that we are kind of stuck in a kind of uh a, a dollar style price plan convention as it were so if we for example want to start our lowest plan at nine dollars i don't think we'll get away with it, nine euros you know so it's us that's gonna have to take well, the hit see, i think I mean, we'll have to see it's all about the value that we can add to people's applications i mean i've been really lucky so far in that i've been able to use this application as a developer and as a customer essentially and I'm the only customer of it at the moment and it's been really helpful I've been doing support for this customer um, for a couple of days and it's really helped me like they can report they report an error in the morning and I can I don't even have to log into the app I can just or I don't have to log into their app I can just log straight into Exceptional in a familiar interface just see what to do and I've, I've already got a text message so I know what's happened um, on the other hand I did a deploy last week and I was able to catch Exceptions before the, the the customer even contacted me, so that when they actually did contact me, I had already fixed the bugs. Um, 
I mean, this is these are things that Exception Notifier does, but I just found it really, really handy to uh, to log into the web-based interface and to be able to see everything there um, for me, just so I knew what to do straight away. Now, you haven't even officially launched yet, but is there anything you that stands out that you've learned so far about building this app or working with Rails or anything in general that you'd like to mention? I would say just be ruthless with features. Um, if you think that a feature is going to push your deadline out by even two or three days, skip it. You can put it into the next release. Um, if you think something's going to be cool and it's going to, it'll only take a few minutes to do it, do it. But if you see that it's going to take actually more than those few minutes, kill it. Just be really re- ruthless because people appreciate the value um, of an app that's stable and is working ahead of one that has a lot of features that are just messed up and totally confusing. Um, we also... That shows the design first approach and we found it was really really helpful like I've known what this app is going to look like for every single day for the whole uh, two to three month development cycle we we built the app without writing a single line of code before we even touched TextMate or anything so we drew it out in paper we got into Photoshop so that well not so much Photoshop but we, like, we had very 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 strong wireframes and the app that you see today is very much a reflection of what those wireframes were when we drew it out in paper so um, One thing I'll say for me, like so I, I've been involved in developing a few apps or I've worked for clients developing some larger projects. The one thing that stood out for me when I started to work with, so I'm a web designer, I do interface stuff, and I've been you know, playing with Rails, but not as familiar as uh, Dave or Paul would be with Rails. What stood out for me with this project is when these guys introduced me to GitHub and they introduced me to Lighthouse and the workflows that they brought were fantastic the lighthouse style of passing tickets back and forth is killer like it's unbelievable if there's something i need to work on but i just don't have the ability to actually get it done there's a new feature i need to add i'm ready to design but i'm waiting on paul i pass a ticket i leave a comment in lighthouse and i say paul assign this to me when you're ready and i can just log in when whenever it's done i'll just work on it instantly so lighthouse was killer it's fantastic also paul you're saying about being ruthless with features with Lighthouse, the way it allows you to have multiple milestones, if at any stage we think, listen, this feature is fantastic, but it's going to hold us back, we want to get out to beta this Friday, you can just assign it to the next uh, milestone. Lighthouse has been fantastic there. As well with GitHub, it's un- unreal. Like I, I would have used Subversion in the past, uh, and I was reasonably happy with Subversion. Git, I like, but GitHub made Git for me. For me, being able to go to GitHub, get my little clone line, and instantly make a new repo, that was unbelievable. With no support from the guys, you know. Unbelievable. I mean, we're really, really young guys, it seems. Well, it depends. But what really stood out for me this time, and it's, I mean, we're just reiterating things you hear all over the times, was the use of RSpec um, for testing. Um, I had used a bit of test unit in the past, but RSpec is really, I mean, the fact that you can read your specs in English, um, it's, just, it's so worth the hype. Um, like I've been deploying um, changes and features without having to go back I mean you, you deploy and it works first time because you've got it really well tested with RSpec I mean just do it it's so worth it um, and everything they say about it is true now what else do you do you guys are doing consulting as well for other clients how's the demand in Ireland for Rails developers or Rails projects well it's exploding now it really is exploding and an interesting illustration of how big that's growing is that the current you know, availability for, for kind of Rails developers 
can't cope with the, the, the great demand so much that you've got guys going as far as Florida and hiring um, Hashrocket for Irish-based projects. And I know two Irish projects that are working with Hashrocket guys at the moment. Um, and that's just fantastic. I think that's great for Ireland because it's an opportunity for people like us and for young Rails developers to actually work with Rails and learn it in a very practical, realistic way. So many Rails developers that I've met, they're working on their own projects and they don't have the benefit of the real-world experience that working for a client actually can bring or even working on your own thing that sure. is going to make money. You know, They're all little side projects. So I think it's exploding right now and I know that for the little bit of consulting that we want to do to fund Exceptional, we're definitely not going to have a problem finding that work. And it sounds like there are a lot of companies looking to hire, but a lot of the local developers are doing freelancing and starting their own uh, consulting companies. Does that seem like the way that a lot of people are doing it? Well, we've been we've noticed definitely over the last year um, people going in both directions, um, but it's definitely the demand for engineers and developers um, has gone up so much that you do see people dropping off from the kind of nine to five situations where they'd have essentially a, a half or a quarter of what they'd be able to earn as a, as a freelancer and um, you do see people going the other way but we've seen we've had friends break out of nine to five freelance for a few months and then go to the likes of google and um, so there is definitely there's a very there's a really good ecosystem here in dublin for that kind of thing um I mean, it, it's it's kind of fifty fifty. We've seen some people break back from freelance and go into the nine to fives, but they're kind of startups. We're seeing more startups. They're, I mean, some might argue how exciting they are, and that's, I mean, that's really just a, a matter of of, uh, of your own opinion. But there's definitely a lot of people out there doing it. And it's definitely and people grappling with new technologies, working with new technologies, working with exciting stuff is definitely a lot of people doing it. For, for me, what's really interesting is to see business people specifically ask for rails. I don't know if it's necessarily a good or bad thing because a lot of the, their motivations for, for saying that is just hype, just pure hype. They don't really understand what rails is. Um, but there's a lot of people that just have plain come to us and say, yeah, we want to work with rails. Yeah, rails is the new thing. Rails is going to make our app good, right? We need rails. And there's this kind of a very interesting uh, demand there. I, I believe it's backed up by some of the small successes that the Irish community has seen with Rails. But they also happen to look over at the Valley and they happen to look at some of the cooler um, products that they will kind of hold up in high regard and realize that they're built with Rails. And just this demand coming from business encourages a lot of the freelancers. And I know, know right now, like as a, as a young freelancer, like you know, if you're starting off, you have no problem finding work. It, it just depends on uh, people's personal business acumen. I know a lot of people just didn't work out for it, but the demand is crazy right now. Even for uh, Rails guys in the US, if they want to make a nice little bonus, if they can find some Irish work, you're, you're earning in euros. It's incredible. Like, you know, if you can get that, I think it's unreal. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. The true gods of stand and stone, and word and stint I did not, and I gave her poems to say. But I love too much, and by such and such is happiness thrown away on the quiet street. 
where all ghosts meet, I see her walking out, away from me so hurriedly, my reason must allow, that I have loved not as I should, a creature made of when the angel was declared he lose his wings at the dawn of So in Dublin, Ireland, talking to Mike Gilbert, his company is XLCRS. So what does what your company do? Uh, officially purchasing an IT solutions and just a general small business uh, IT consulting firm, really. And it sounds like you use a variety of technologies, but you also use Rails for some kinds of applications. Mostly any new applications we'll develop kind of for any size of client we have. Uh, it's mostly small line of business applications where they might be using Excel or a small access database. We find going something like Rails with Active Scaffold and very quickly put an interface on that, make it more controlled, whereas with Excel anybody can kind of data disappears. Once you have a proper uh, interface with uh, authentication on there, you can actually control the data, which a lot of them weren't able to do up to now. And why, why did you choose to use Rails instead of some other kind of technology? Um, that's a good question. Uh, background is in COBOL and PowerBuilder, so it's going back quite a way. And uh, we were looking around for something to do web apps with. Um, a particular customer was looking to do a small business-to-business type application for someone in the building trade. And at the time I came across Rails, it was 0.5 or 0.6. Um, it just seemed to fit. The syntax was very clean. I never liked Java, just braces and curly brackets just did my head in. C was never really one of my favorite subjects. Um, so I don't know, Ruby kind of hit the sweet spot for, the, for the, I suppose the cleanliness of the syntax and stuff. And then seeing kind of what Active Record and other parts of the Rails stack gave out of the box sort of reminded me of some of the stuff I was used to in PowerBuilder as well. Not 100%, but sort of made me feel at home. Maybe the, the abstractions were a bit leaky, but it, it worked for me. It sounds like, too, you're talking about the fact that with other technologies, you might have to throw out a huge amount of money on hardware and software licenses. Yeah. Uh, but That's certainly for the, the, the size of customer we deal with, who might, you know, probably the biggest customer, maybe with 50 staff, uh, spend of ten or 20,000 on hardware or equipment really isn't, isn't a runner. So something that you can run on a, a small box, stick it in the corner. Um, there's not a concern then about licenses. Um, BSA are getting quite active around recently, so uh, a lot of advertising and radio stuff. So people are getting a bit nervous about making sure their licensing is all in order. Um, but obviously that there's a cost associated with that as well. So being able to use Rails with full open source stack means there isn't a cost on the license side. So a lot of business owners are very happy with that. Now, it seems like a lot of people, at least in Seattle, San Francisco, think about using Rails for social networking applications, but you mentioned you're even just small construction companies, a couple people, this replaces faxes, and 
That's right. Hard, hard to read communication, puts yeah. it in a nice web app. Uh, going back to the, the first application we did, which is still running, um, that was literally what it was for. It was a company providing for building trade. And uh, a lot of the guys that were supplying to were maybe two or three guys in the van out doing jobs during the day, come back and place their orders at night on fax. So then the guy would be ringing up the next day going, well, I, I can't really read your writing. What, what did you order? And... So being able for those guys to be able to come home at night, just log on to the website and actually put the order in. There's no problems with comprehension or anything else, and it's actually uh, may or may not be seen as a good thing. It's led to a reduction of staff on the uh, this guy's site by about half in the for handling phone calls and faxes, uh, which he's delighted with. So the, the system is more than paid for itself. Well, great to hear. It's great to see all kinds of work being done uh, all around the world and different in Ireland. And what what city in your south south here a little southwest. bit? We're down in the, the Kingdom of Kerry. <laughs> well, great to meet you. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Jeffrey. Music and poetry by David Collier and Eamon Leonard.